that's good. That is good stuff. I know you can't tell it here, gang, uh, because this is an audio platform, but I'm doing this intro uh, at night. I usually during, do them during the day, but what the fuck? Let's do it do- at night. I'm having a beer. I'm easing us into another episode of, you guessed it, Terribly Funny. Hey there, gang. I'm your friend, your host, Steve Bazelon. This is, of course, the podcast where I talk to funny people about terrible things that have happened to them. That's the idea of the show. It's the theme. It's also the name. You know, simplicity. That's my thing. Um, today we have a great guest. Her name is Taryn Southern. Uh, she's a newish friend. Um, what can I tell you about Taryn? Well, I can tell you that she is uh, very cool and interesting and hyper-articulate and uh, very smart and knows a lot about a lot of things. Like every time I talk to her, I'm like, oh, you know things about virtual reality. Oh, and rockets. Oh, and economics. I basically just know about dick and fart jokes for television, so I'm very impressed by Taryn. Uh, but uh, in, besides just being a, a, a varied, interesting person, Taryn is a, a writer and an actress and a producer and a, a comedian. Uh, she was on American Idol at one point because she's got some pipes. Um, but what she is most known for is that uh, she's got a YouTube page that's a kind of a big deal. Uh, her YouTube videos have been seen more than 700 million times. Uh, something like that, which is just crazy, because that's way more people than there are in the United States. So yeah, that's a lot. Um, and today, Miss Southern is going to talk to you, to all of us, about something that is, well, it's just the most universal. It's heartbreak. Mmm, heartbreak. We've all been there. We've all been kicked in the, in the heart dick. Uh, that's my way of saying heartbreak. Kicked in the heart dick. Um, in fact, probably some of us are still there right now. Even if we're not consciously aware of it, back in our mind, in our psyche, there's a little bit like a, a part of us that's still smarting from the last time that lady or that dude said sorry, not into it. Um, so let's see what, what Miss Southern has to say about, um, a broken heart, shall we? Here it is. Another episode of Terribly Funny. I think, uh, um, I don't know, just when there's like any level of earnest and vulnerability, mm-hmm. but also a willingness to share without being too guarded, I think is usually yeah. makes good things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. I mean, that's, I, I have no problem sharing. That's good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably, I'm probably a little too open. I think that's times. okay though. You don't, I, you don't think it's a problem? I don't. I think I'm pretty, pretty much an open book and I think sometimes okay. it's jarring for, for folks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. To... People are weirded out yeah. when other people are so open. And I don't understand why. It's, well, become, it's become my norm now. So it's become my norm, it. too. But I think, you know, it didn't used to be. I think I used to be much more guarded and play things closer to the best. Yeah. And there's still certain things until, like, I've digested them or feel like they're more... Until I have wrapped my mind around it, I'm not going to talk about it as openly. Yeah. But because I used to be so guarded and then went through a bunch of shit, and it's yeah. like, well, what's... Why am I doing Why am I, like... It's better just to be open, I feel like, because I used to hide, like when I was sick, I used to hide my illness. Right. Because, I don't know, it seemed like vulnerability and that showing weakness was not a good thing and also not wanting to be defined by that. And probably a protective layer was there too, where you're just like, I got to make it through. So it's easier to not have to talk about it all the time. Exactly. And talking about it all the time is also like another thing that it becomes like it's a defining factor. Yep. But I think since going through all of that stuff, it's a little bit like, talking about normalizes it it doesn't give it power mm-hmm. as opposed to just like making it a taboo subject mm-hmm. so then it somehow is controlling you more mm-hmm. 
don't right. know. I get that. That's my backwards logic. No, I think that all makes sense. Yeah. I'm all about that. Okay. So what's been on your mind? What's been on my the mind? last, would you say, let's say month. Oh, month. Um, what's been like a big theme? A big theme? Uh, um, I think a little bit in the in the Vegas sense, like a bit a bit of a midlife thing. Because hmm, okay. I think it's like I'm not I'm not an old man by any means, no. but I'm no longer a very young man either. Isn't that weird? And it's also weird just to me for me to call myself a man it feels weird. Yeah. Because uh, I feel like I'll always feel like a kid. That's and weird kind of here in LA, which is yeah. uh, the playground. It's of never children. never late. Yeah. It's Arrested Development entirely. <laughs> um, so just thinking about that, like what like what that means uh, taking bigger swings creatively so mm -hmm. I don't wake up and it's I'm like 45 and then like still doing the same thing great things yeah but you know doing the things that I've always wanted to yeah like if like the clock is ticking for that and then also you know relationship -y stuff yeah because also not yeah. super young anymore what type of relationship -y stuff I don't know like I was at one point settled down yeah. and that was lovely and then that took a turn and then I was single and still am and that's kind of fun. Yeah. But it's also, it's like equal parts like exciting and demoralizing. Yeah, totally. You know? Being single in LA is totally that. Yeah, it's exhausting <laughs> and it's like fun because you know, like, hey, new boobs. That's mm -hmm. fun sometimes. Mm -hmm. And like the excitement New boobs of, like, are always fun. Always fun. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like, well, this feels empty. I'm just like yeah. going through the motions sometimes. Yeah. I'm just trying for I don't know why. Or just like trying to push like a square peg into a round Do hole. Do you still believe in true love? Um, or did you ever? Like yeah. is it the concept of fairy well, tale romance or, 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 or maybe maybe I should word this differently. Sure. A lifelong partner. I do. Okay. I think I think that's tenable. Um, I don't think it's easy, I think, because we all evolve. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's possible. Mm -hmm. The idea of true love, I think, is a little bit too quaint and and con uh, convenience because I think it's any sort of it's always going to be work any sort of relationship is going to be work mm -hmm. and true love I don't know I think it's maybe harder to find like true like mm -hmm. like it's easy to find somebody that you you like I love you and there's a passion here but like am I going to always like you yeah which I think is perhaps harder to find yeah that's true <laughs> true like I like yeah. that yeah. the search for true like it doesn't sound very romantic but yeah it's yeah. the truth though I think you just have to perhaps. be able to talk to someone yeah. for a really long time and yeah. not get bored. Because <laughs> there's going to come a time where, like, you know, somebody breaks a hip mm -hmm. or, you know, oh, you used to have a full head of hair. You don't anymore. Yeah. Mm, Start looking like, a little different. Do I still like hanging out with you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's it. I think that's really it. Um, okay, those are, those are some big those themes. Those are some big themes, yeah. So those tell me what about themes, your though. themes. Well, like, so I think... Um, I'm the type of person, and I imagine you were this way, where mm -hmm. it, there will always be this sort of constant quest for reconfiguring some aspect of my life or sure. re-architecting yeah, re how right. I feel about certain things. And as things shift and move, then it calls for a new mental model for yeah. how I look at life and my career and relationships and all that. Um, man. Do you feel I, like that's a tangible thing? Like, are you aware of it happening? Or are you like, okay, so I'm now... Are you more philosophical? Do you stop and think about like, well, this is the way I'm perceiving things now, or is it just like you arrive at somewhere and like, oh, I'm different? Um, I am now more the first, okay. which is which is just really aware of my thought patterns okay. and how I'm arriving at the yeah, how I'm arriving at a destination, the process that gets me there. I'm right. I'm I'm very very concerned. I'm not concerned. Just like I, I yeah, I concern myself a lot with with looking into why I arrive at things. Okay. And, and um, 
and breaking down my thought processes. Right. And and really deconstructing like where are there holes in what I'm thinking? Right. Where are areas that I'm not clear on? So I'd say that's been really fun. So I yeah. realized like yeah, it feels like there will just always be something that I'm intent on fixing or improving rather. Yeah. And I've accepted that this is just going to be me for the rest of my life and I'm actually excited about it because it just means there'll just be constant areas of improvement well, and shift and reorganization that's a good, great way of looking at it yeah. as opposed to because like the other way that's I think that speaks to you're like probably inherently an optimistic person because yeah. the other way is looking at it like I'm never going to be content oh, I'm yeah. always going to have to fix something yeah. but the other way is be like oh I'm always evolving yeah thank it's god just like I'm the, a moving changing human yeah, being yeah. the idea of There's settling stasis. the idea of settling into one state of being is the antithesis to me of being human. Yeah. And I think like we've done a really good job in society of of creating a world where like that is the norm. People settling into states right. of being. Right. And settling into ideas that make them feel better mm-hmm. about their existence or whatever the fact. Even just like <laughs> I really think we've built a bunch of structures to deny ourselves the um the reality that we are all mortal like sure we just we just create all these things in our life so that we don't have to stare in the face of our imminent well because mortality which is <laughs> so dark it is it's so but, dark but it's also so huge so that that's why it's like yeah. it's better to be like if someone tells you it's going to be like this these are the answers this mm-hmm. is the way it is is mm-hmm. easier than being like oh fuck yeah what happens when the lights go out because mm-hmm. that's scary yep totally yeah. that's exactly right so i kind of feel like now I am, yeah, so I'll, I'll say the areas that I'm thinking about, which is pretty okay. much every area. Great, <laughs> right. so just life. But I'd say there are more areas, there are areas that um, are source, are probably source of more anxiety than others, right. whereas others are just like exciting. Okay. Um, so I'd say right now in the relationship area, I'm in an exciting slash scary space, which is okay. good because I met someone That's recently. Fun. Which That's is, good. Which is fun and yeah. awesome. I was telling you, I'm making the big step of moving in with this person. Have you ever cohabitated before? I have never cohabitated before. Oh, shit. Before. That's a big step. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm an adult. Like, yeah. I'm an adult woman and yeah. I've never done this. And sometimes That's I, exciting. Even last year, I was thinking when I was doing the dating thing, I was like, man, I... I feel like I'm behind on life. If I look at myself and everyone else that's around me, I've been in all these relationships that I find really valuable, but I have so many friends that have been married or have Mm -hmm. had that, like really taken that, have have lived with a significant other, have really taken that extra step. I'm like, I haven't done it. So maybe I have, maybe I have commitment issues. Maybe I have whatever. I tell myself all these stories and, and there's a lot of fear around that. But I think, um, no, right now I'm just really excited about it. I'm also really excited that I'm, I'm totally okay getting heartbroken again. Well, that's a good place to be. Yeah. That's Which is nice. so random and weird, but I recognize that this this human has the ability to do that to yeah. me for sure because I care that much. And the last time I was heartbroken, it was pretty awful. Right. So um, it's kind of fun to be in the early stages of recognizing yeah. the heartbreak is right around the corner. But isn't that fantastic? That means <laughs> like that you were just like not calcified. You haven't like mm-hmm. been hardened by the elements. Yep. You're... And sometimes you wonder if you have, because it's really easy. And as you sit there and tell me about dating, I'm like, I know, I get yeah. it, I get it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's that, I feel like that took up a lot of space in my brain for a significant period of time was just like, how do I date while I'm still getting over the heartbreak of someone else. Right. And it was just so impossible. Yeah. It's like, why am I even doing this? So I eventually had to quit. Right. I had to quit before, <laughs> which is what they always say. It's that... But that's great that you had the wherewithal of doing that. Yeah. I feel like I went the other way of just being like, 
maybe I should do more because there's more distraction. And maybe I will Which serves a purpose which by the way serves its own purpose. Yeah. Like distracting is not necessarily a terrible thing. No, I guess so, as long as it's done in healthy ish terms. As right. long as it's not doing disservice. With cocaine, yeah. yeah. I mean that's what I was just only distracted <laughs> with cocaine. But it wasn't on my nose. It was yeah. all like butthole cocaine. Cocaine and heroin. Yeah. I mean those yeah. those are formidable distractions. But... Yeah. Fun fact, yeah. a doctor told me this once, because uh, I spent a lot of time with doctors, that heroin is actually, if you can manage to not die from it, it is does the least amount of damage to your body than any other drug. No. Yeah, you can like stop heroin. You can be a heroin addict for years and stop, and your body, like your liver's not fucked by it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. As opposed New to, like, PSAs for or, heroin. Yeah, so, you know. Just keep it moderate. Just be safe. Be safe out there, <laughs> yeah. you heroin heads. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm uh, so I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited and terrified, but it's all mostly exciting. And then career-wise, I'm I feel great. Like I'm just yeah. I'm just starting a new. I was telling you a little bit about I'm getting into VR sure. and AR uh-huh. and what I'm calling frontier med frontier media. So it's like media that okay. is on the frontiers of what's possible. Um, but sorry to interrupt, yeah. but VR I know as yeah. a virtual reality. AR, AR is, is augmented reality. Okay. So it's basically it's not stuff. assault rifle. It's like the Snapchat filters. Oh, but fun. That's that's the only like I suppose that's the only frame that really makes sense to most people these days. Right. But it, I mean, what will eventually it will eventually look like content overlays on your existing reality sure. through glasses or lenses right. or whatever. But yeah. That's exciting stuff. It's really fun. Yeah. It's really nerdy. <laughs> I feel like a total nerdy, nerdy nerd sounds bot. good. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm very excited. There's money in nerdiness. There is some money yeah. in nerdiness. And it's also fun. It's exciting because it's new shit. It's new shit. Yeah. It's just like, what is this world going to look like? I mean, when you think about, it's like kind of crazy that, I mean, when, when, were the, when was the television mass adopted? Like in the 50s? Mostly. Like, like most... the honeymooners and, right. you know. Uh, so it's like 65 years ago yeah. in the... In terms of our existence, not, it's not been that long. No. So what is consumption going to look like in 30 years? It may not even involve TVs. We just don't know. Yeah, it's, it is kind of interesting. I mean, you know, like if you were to go back and like watch like something like The Net, the Sandra Bullock movie, mm-hmm. and it's like all about fucking hacking. And it's at the time, I just remember thinking, oh, this is like a cool, well, not cool, but like this is a this feels modern and then like a year later like oh my god like it's all black screens with green writing and that was like in two years yeah um all this is is to say that like yeah who the fuck knows Mm -hmm. like because we evolved very quickly yeah that doesn't feel that long ago it's true and it's not so it's fun to be exploring in this new world i also just have to say i have to get a plug-in for the (laughs) net every episode yeah 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 so it's in go watch the net go watch the net Mm -hmm. um yeah, so I'm career-wise, that stuff is good. I'm trying to think of what other themes are present in my life right now. Well, what is... Well, okay, so it seems like right now things are going in a positive way. At least yes. you're excited about it. Yes, is there I'm very excited. a period in which uh, uh, that has informed us? Like a period where things were not so great? Of course. <laughs> and like now allowed you to be more okay and more excited, more optimistic about where you are? Yeah, I... Um, last year was rough, generally speaking. But I... <laughs> For better or for worse, now when I have people come to me and they're like, wow, I, I've i had a few friends come to me in the last few months that have been going through similar experiences that I had last sure. year, and it's been really traumatic or, or trying for them, and now I'm like, through their tears, I'm almost excited for them because I know that this is that, there's like few times in the history of being human where you are 
that willing to look at the forces in your life that require change right or the perspectives that need to be flipped right in order to i guess like i guess <laughs> exist happily yeah. um and so it's kind of exciting to see I mean, I guess I look back on that period of my life now as that, which is crazy to think because I just wouldn't have, I would have punched myself in the face if I'd heard my self a year and a half later telling me that this is how this I'm is feel. good. This yeah. is good. Like, this is all good. This is this is building mm-hmm. character. This is right. building. I don't think it was necessarily character building, but <laughs> and I would never ascribe people's grief to, to that. But I think, I think it does. I think, yeah, having a tough year in the way that I did, and it was just tough in all the ways, right. um, was par- I actually made real significant changes in my life as a mm. result of that. And I think those changes have g- impacted everything for the better. Do you think the, the changes, um, well, first the catalyst was by and large like heartbreak? Yeah, okay. that was the catalyst. Was and the then catalyst. There, were, there were a lot of other, sure. as, as life tends yes. to do it tends to throw you a bunch of other things on top of it yeah when it rains but it was funny like how i feel it, there's no question in my mind that that one that that one instance caused me more grief than anything else in my life hmm. combined which is crazy because i've had some other terrible things happen and people i love very much die and mm-hmm. like but for some reason that situation was just it ripped me to shreds well it's it's interesting that um, I, don't, I think it's in some way it's the hardest thing to kind of wrap your mind around because death, while it's it's the biggest, as we were talking about earlier, it's like it's the most unknown thing. Yeah. But some way you can wrap your mind around because it's it's an inevitability. Yeah. It's 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 a, one of few very few truths for everybody. Yeah. So even though it's like terrifying, you don't know what it means. It's like okay, well, what happens? Yeah. Whereas like a heartbreak when someone just says no to you, it's irreconcilable. You like, yeah, it's like well, why why am I being said no to, or why do I feel the need to say mm-hmm. no to some? Why am I saying no to love? Yep. And it just and feels hard to. As long as they're still on this planet, there's some weird hope that your body... Yeah. You know, I mean, even when loved ones die, there's that process of grieving where, like, mothers of kids that have been lost, they'll frequently call their cell phone for years and years, or they'll stop by their house. There's, like, this natural human innate tendency to want to be sure that something's not done. And so when a relationship ends, it just it's like this grieving process that doesn't want to end. Yeah. Because you just don't want to let go. It's re- yeah, it's interesting. I remember reading a book when I was like in, I don't know, fourth grade or something. It's called Izzy Willy Nilly or something. Something with an Izzy. It was about a girl who was in a car accident and lost like a the, from her knee down. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I there, she talked about a lot about like like having like a ghost sensation, mm-hmm. like that she could still feel her leg there even though it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like grieving is a lot like that. Like, even when something is gone, you can still feel the presence yeah. in some capacity. Yeah. Even if it's just a projection yeah. or just a memory. Yeah. But it's a lot like that with heartbreak, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the catalyst for me. And um, and then all these other things just crumbled along with it. It was like my, yeah, my entire understanding of myself and what I wanted. And also any sense of control I felt I had over my life and my future was just right. gone. So I went very Buddhist for a while. Wow. Took up meditation, which okay. I 
I actually need to get back into. I've, <laughs> I've been failing myself again. I was doing just 15 minutes every single day, but it was life-changing. That's fantastic. For me, life-changing. I've always had really bad anxiety. Yeah. Tend to worry about the future quite sure, a bit. Sure. So this was a great exercising, great exercise in remapping my thoughts. And, um, and it's... It's worked remarkably. What do you think it did most for you? Is it just like a calming or just a release of like other things I can't control? Or what yep. did that achieve for you? Yep. It was the constant reminder every time I would have an anxious thought, mm-hmm. instead of becoming consumed by it, which was more frequent than not, <laughs> I would always just say, okay, now let it go. Say, right. th- say thank you, thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all that self-help, hippy-tippy yeah. stuff. Thank you, thought. Thank you for for coming in and teaching me something and wanting to protect me, but I'm going to let you go right now. Huh. And doing that over and over and over creates this like interesting process where, I don't know, for me, my brain really did start to um, start to think differently about about that particular situation, but also a number of situations. So it is like, is in like a very small way, like remapping the, the neurons in your brain. That's exactly right. Huh. And instead of going into a, a specific negative thought pattern every single time, of I'll never meet someone that I fall in love with again, or I'll right. never, whatever, I'll never find true love, I'll never be happy, whatever. All these things that I was constantly telling myself, I actually reconstructed where my brain goes, which is usually like, wow, this is going to be... I'm probably going to have a tough couple hours. I'm going to go down a little bit of a hole and mm-hmm. then I will come out of it in a few hours. I'm going to feel so much better. Wow. And um, whatever I glean from this will be an interesting nugget of, of, of insight that I'll take with me. And so yeah. now that's where my brain goes is I'll let myself feel shitty for a day mm-hmm. or whatever, however long it needs to take. But, but just by, by telling myself I'll, I'll, be, I'll be better tomorrow or I'll feel better about this or I'll reconcile something right. through this process, I, I let go of it so much faster. That's really interesting too. I mean, it's like that you can, we can be Pav, create Pavlovian responses ourselves. Yeah. Like if you could just say like, instead of doing this one thing, when I, instead of going uh, morose or sullen, I'm just going to tra- train myself to have a more of a positive response. Like over time, that becomes natural, more yep. ingrained. Yep. Huh. And I also think the other the other consequence of meditating and just doing this, this like thought, the re-architecting of thoughts was um, that the super negative abysmal outcomes that were usually weaving their way through my brain, I just started realizing what they, that they, that they were that, right. like they were worst case scenario mm-hmm. outcomes, which are very likely to not actually happen. Yeah. Like re- recognizing the real probability of these thoughts, like okay, the real probability you're going to be alone forever, that you're going to be a spinster with no kids mm-hmm. and like whatever, whatever it is that I'm sure. telling myself. Sure. sure, there's probability there. There's probability <laughs> but, for everything. Yeah. There's probability for all of it. Mm-hmm. And so recognizing that it is just one tiny sliver of the pie and it's probably not super helpful for me to be repeating these narratives over and over right. and over is a, is a good realization. Yeah, I think that is a, it's a great realization, but it's one that's, easier said than done like you can on a rational level be like yeah this is not doing anything positive Mm -hmm. but then to actually stop what is you've learned over in theory that lifetime yeah is a harder thing to do right yeah it's really hard do you meditate i i don't i probably should more i did i got into when i was sick i used to do a lot of guided imagery Mm -hmm. um just because i think it was a moment to not to stop uh, the internal churning like to stop yeah. the mind from always reeling so it was just like listening to 
some lady or dude on a podcast like saying like you're walking down a brook and you're sitting and you're feeling the sunlight and it's like all these things and you just like try to actually focus on that sunlight and then you invariably just fall asleep because you're not thinking about like all the dozens and hundreds and thousands of things that you are worried about yeah and that is and unto itself like I kind of marginalized a little bit um, because it felt like okay that's nice but just allowing me to nap which was beneficial but more than anything I think it was way more beneficial just because it was stopping all the noise yeah um, which I think is important yeah no I think it's very important yeah. I'm also going to turn the light on because it just got really dark it, did, it, did. <laughs> it was like hello yeah. good night um, that's really interesting that you're able to do that I um, not that I'm the expert I no, mean, no, it's no. Still, like I still get it's funny, when you came over, I was dealing with something, right? Mm-hmm. And this situation would normally have cast me down a really dark wormhole. Right. So I actually, while we were talking about this, I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I normally would have been very unfocused and probably a year and a half ago unable to have a conversation with you right now because huh. I'd be so upset. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, like, sorry, I rec- that's happening. No, 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 but it's yeah. okay. Like, I'm recognizing that that's how much I've changed because I just know me and I know what typically makes me anxious or upset. And I'm aware that basically... For those of you listening, I was just having this like stressful conversation via text message with sure. someone yeah. where there's like things being said and sure. whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that normally just gets me yeah. super worked up and upset. Right. And I'm like, I'm upset by it, but I'm like also recognizing that it will all be okay and I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, I think that's a fascinating thing about like going through something that's difficult, like a tough year and whatever, for whatever reason, if it's heartbreak, if it's... Mm-hmm. you know, morning, whatever, I mean, which is still morning. Yeah. Um, it's like the perspective that you gleaned from that, right? Yeah. Because like whatever this text conversation was, I'm sure like not great, but like, like, oh, well, when I stack it up to an internal level, when I stack it up to what I, where I was, yeah. I can deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's how I feel. Okay. Yeah. There was, fun. um, years ago I was uh, uh, lucky enough to work on a show that nobody watched uh, called the Michael J. Fox show I but remember was, that show sure. people watch that show like enough people for it to run like eight episodes and then be cancelled but okay. it was a great work experience but uh, the reason I really wanted to work on it is just because you know Michael J. Fox was always been like a bit of a hero for me yeah. especially because when he got sick and I was sick and I used to that I don't know. It is a source of inspiration, I think. Yeah, of course. Um, just because there's somebody talking about still like living their life while having this thing. Um, but in one of his books, he says like if you are always worried about the worst case scenario, and you're always thinking about the worst case scenario, and it actually happens, then you will have lived it twice. Mm-hmm. And that was like a thing. That's like, oh. so. I love that. Right. I kind of want to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like there's like a there's there's power in acknowledging like what are the possibilities? And you shouldn't be short-sighted as to only like live in a world of sunshine and puppies, but okay, bad things exist, but like if I'm only focused on that, then there's a certain level of like manifest destiny or just at 100%. least like you're, you're adding clouds to your sunshine world otherwise. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, we make meaning. Yeah. We ultimately make meaning. Um, every time I indulge in perception shifting medicines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um that's when i really i have a heyday with that because i just it just breaks down all the crazy structures that we've put in place to create meaning in our lives rituals whatever i'm always just like dumbfounded by (laughs) this like crazy thing of this crazy thing that we've created 
to be human. Just, I don't know, it's always so funny to me. And so that's always helpful. I come out of it, I'm like, wow, we really do make all the meaning in our life. And um, there's something kind of humorous about it. Well, how did you get to that place, though? Like, when you were, was there a period last year when you were, like, in the weeds and unable to, like, unable to see beyond the tall grass? Yeah. I'd like, say it was, a full year. it was a full year mm-hmm. of pretty dark stuff, but I would, but it it was, there was an ebb and flow to it. Right. I would, I would come up for air for a month. Yeah. And feel like, oh, I'm on the up and up. Right. And then I would cascade back into a dark right. place. Or it just would feel, or I, there were moments where I felt just kind of like I was, I was just chugging along for a few months, but unable to escape the thought that it would all come tumbling back down very quickly. Um, so there was a sense of being trapped in it, I think. And so that was a whole year <laughs> and almost exactly a year from start to finish. Hmm. Um, but now I'm trying to think, I feel, what was the question again? Um, just like when you were able to have the uh, wherewithal to recognize that like, oh, I'm deep in something here yeah. or to rec- see like, oh, there is maybe a finish line. Did it ever feel mm-hmm. like hopeless or like, well, what point did you, this is, I'm asking many yeah, questions no, at once, fine. but what made you turn to like things like meditation? Did you recognize like, okay, this is a pattern that I want to try to stop? I started right away. Yeah. Like as soon as I felt, um, I actually had started even before. Like, I guess before I went into a bad place, I was already starting down a path of meditation and trying to just... I mean, I've always been interested in self-improvement mm-hmm. and reading books on how to... Whatever. How to just be a better human. Sure. <laughs> whatever those various books are. But, like, so it's always been interesting to me. But then I think when you just get that dark, I realized that I didn't have... I didn't really have a choice to do much else. Like nothing else seemed interesting right. or was palatable. So I had to just focus on myself. Right. And, um, and so I was just trying everything I could. It was really, it, it was like, I'm going to try everything I can. I'm going to dedicate myself to this process, but it was still so hard. Yeah. And yeah. And that's the worst part is feeling stuck even when I'm doing everything I can. So I found for me, there was like moments of, solace and Mm -hmm. moments of peace and quiet and some beautiful moments and 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 relationships that i formed in that year period that i wouldn't otherwise have formed and so some really lovely things that came out of that but um that that happened even while i was in that space and i knew that that these were like great moments for me but i think um yeah as far as feeling like super hopeless i mean yeah there was a lot of that there was a lot of that and then but yeah, for me, I think it was mainly just fear around the future. Hmm. There was a lot of fear around the future. Was um, the, the fear of the future like just the fear that like where where I am right now is mm-hmm. just my reality? This will always be mm-hmm. like this Correct. is going to be in, at infinitum. This is where I am. Correct. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. It was it was feeling as though I might be stuck in this reality right. forever and having a hard time seeing the evolving nature of life. Yeah. Um, it's like David after a dentist, like, is this real? Is this just my life now? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that was terrifying. And then pulling out of it was just, God, a lot of different things slowly. Hmm. And, but then there was, there seemed to be a veil that there seemed to be an odd veil that lifted about a year in. But were you aware of that? Cause I feel like when I was, um, and not to say that I feel like I am a totally evolved and, uh, um, cognizant person and even like entirely happy at this point in my life but I feel like I have 
from a year ago when I now see like, oh, I was in the shit. Mm-hmm. But I didn't kind of recognize that then. Right. You know, I don't think I had the fear like this is just my life now because I just felt like I was too muted to be aware of. Yeah. Self-protective was... mechanisms yeah. probably too. Yes. Which is good and fine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we have more time and space between things, we actually are able to feel the devastation of something that was happened much earlier. Right. You know, it's too much at the same time. So, yeah, that was the case with me, actually. Hmm. That was absolutely the case with me. There was a period where I thought I was okay. Right. And then it got way worse because I was actually just feeling what I didn't feel during the shitty time. Right. You're just like Mm -hmm. running in a desert and you're kicking up enough dust that nothing was able to find you. (laughs) Yeah. It was a delayed, delayed grief. Yeah. Um, That was the case with me. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, still, like, it's like... I I have moments where I'll I'll fall back into these places of fear and I, I shouldn't even say moments like it'll sometimes it'll be two or three days right and but I just have a unwavering confidence that I didn't have before that it will end very quickly yeah which is that's the difference yeah I've I, in the rare occasion when I'm talking to somebody who's going through something mm-hmm. just like on a friend level and like offering up advice. Like, I think the only thing, the truest thing that I, I, I feel like I say that usually feels like it is heard and also not in an annoying way. Like, in the same way that, like, you can be, like, you see friends now who are going through what you went through a year ago, and you're like, this is going to be good for you, and they're like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, you can't good ever say me. that. No, no, yeah. no. And even, like, it may be very true, but, like, you can't hear that. Like, oh, no. this is, my misery is going to be good for me? Go fuck yourself. You yeah. know, it feels like that yeah. just, you just can't hear that. Exactly. Um... But, like, I feel like when I usually say, like, just recognize that where you are right now is going to be shitty. Yeah. And just the admission that, okay, this is going to be shitty for a while. Yeah. Kind of makes it easier. Absolutely. Just, like, knowing that, like, Don't you know, deny it. Yeah. Give yourself the grief. Yeah, it's so a bummer true. if, like, if you go to take the SATs and you're expecting it to be the beach. If yep. you recognize, like, all right, it's going to be three hours of me filling up bubbles and being anxious, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Yep. But, like, if you're expecting something else, just the acknowledgement of, like, yeah, things, some things are hard yep. sometimes makes it easier. I agree 100% with that. Yeah. Very, very good point, Steve. Why, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could make it. Yeah. Um, but was, was there... What was, like, the most... Did you ever turn internal? Like, were you, like, ever questioning yourself, being like, is something wrong with me? Yeah. Like, when you were, like, going through the morning uh, period of... And I guess I'm talking about this in such vague ways, but no, you can be specific. It's um, just like, so you broke up with somebody, mm-hmm. yes? Well, I was broken up. You're with. broken up with, yeah. which is fucking a kick in the pants, right? Yep, very hard. Although I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't been through it, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, kind of, but it's a, but it's a little <laughs> bit like, because um, you're like, but I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. Yeah. Why would yeah. somebody say no to this? Is and great. we're great. How yeah. do you not see that we Come are on, epic? Man. Oh, well, they must be a dumb, dumb idiot. Yeah. But then it's like, but my dumb idiot doesn't, is saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of need two people. Yeah. To say yes. Yeah. For a relationship to work. Oh, man. Yeah. So that happened. So it was a lot of like questioning, like, well, what am I doing wrong? Yep. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of denial. Mm -hmm. A lot of what am I doing wrong? A lot of uh, how much blame can I place on the other person? Sure. Because that's easier um, while still, to do, right? While still holding out hope that they'll yeah. come back. Oh, so that's man. that's a bucket full of oh, confusing boy. emotions, yeah. right? And then, um, and then, 
And then, like, as if, like, life in 2016 is 2015 when this hell mm-hmm. happened, isn't difficult enough just with, like, life. Yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to cope and trying to be a, a somewhat normal human while you, while you're everything, everything that and matters to, to you. Trying to maintain a career and pay the bills. And, like, and, and, you, and for me, I could have cared less about any of the work I yeah. was doing. I was just like, this is the most important Which thing to me. Which, that's a bummer, right? Oh, such a yeah, you don't Such care about what you're doing. You just feel like a zombie. It felt like a zombie. Yeah. That's exactly right. And then, yeah, I thought I thought maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I have. I, I for I I went to a couple different therapists, and for a minute I thought about going on uh, on antidepressants mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I didn't, only because I ended up coming out of it. Right. And I'm curious, like how that would have gone had I started on antidepressants. Like, would I have had this... It's almost like... This is what happened. Um, I cried every single day for a year. That sounds okay. Or it seems not crazy. Not crazy, but it's it's a lot. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a lot of tears. Yeah. That's a lot of pain. And to recognize... There was a moment last September when I thought to myself, it was the weekend after Labor Day weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. And I woke up, or I went to bed that night, and I, and I couldn't believe that it was the first day I hadn't cried. Oh, wow. Since the breakup. So, and it had been more than a year. Wow. So that kind of, like, seeing that pattern every single day, and then seeing the first, I, I mean, I guess for, for me, I was, it was like six months, and I was like, this isn't normal. Right. This is, and actually, all my therapists were like, no, this is not normal. <laughs> like, wow. your grief is... What they would consider, it's, you're grieving so much that it's incapacitating. Hmm. And so um, I thought it's incapacitating, so this must be not be normal. And now I'm kind of like, I don't know, maybe that was actually how much I needed to cry. Yeah. Maybe that was actually, I needed to grieve every piece of that. And it presented itself in different textures and right. flavors and colors that I needed to experience all of it before I was done. And it wasn't done done, but it was like, after that it became a drip effect. Right. So... Or were you a crier previous to this? Not really. Not really. I mean, I'm sensitive, but yeah. I wouldn't say... Well, I wonder if, like, if this was a bit of a, a, um, a snowball effect. Like, yep. when you were feeling, I don't know, so vulnerable and raw, just like every other thing else that you had kind of been like, well, I'm going to put this in this box and I'll yep. put some paperweights on it so that can't get out. Yep. Just like everything kind of flooded to the surface. That's right. That's right. I think so. And when you when you fall in love and you attach everything about yourself to another person right. and they leave, it does call into question everything about yourself. Sure. Like, am I good enough in all these areas? What could I have done better? What kind of... How does this reflect on me as a human being? Right. Um, and it's the first time you actually listen to these really awful voices because... Yeah. Because the reality is if that you keep thinking that if the other person was still here, that... Um, that would that would validate you yes. as a human. Yeah, so, yeah. That's really interesting. Um, how do you reconcile, in terms of like the healing process and going through that? How do you reconcile? Uh, what is maybe on me? Like, what what can I do to be a happier, more content person, and thusly a better mm-hmm. partner? Mm-hmm. And then also while also like acknowledging that. There's, it's a two-way street, and there's culpability in him, and he has his own wants and desires, and some of this is just not on me. Yep. Because I think it can be easier just to like put all the blame on it. It's just your fault. Yep. Or it's just my fault. Yep. And when it's like life is never that binary, it's usually not that black and white, mm-hmm. but it's hard to not just purely assign blame in one direction, because neither one is very helpful or evolved. Yep. 
Totally. Um, I think, hmm, <laughs> it's such a complicated question. And, and that's and, also not a very pointed question either. <laughs> no, but it is. It's like, how do we, how, it's all, and it also, it also turns into another question, which is like, how do you make love work the next time? That's, yeah. Right? Because it's like, I've Oof. learned all this stuff, but does that mean I can actually make it work again? Yeah. Um, and that's that scary. That just hit me like a fucking freight train. Oh, oh, how do you make sorry. love work the next how time? How do you make yeah. love work the next time? Um, and I think where I feel I've grown in ways I never th- would, that would, it wouldn't have been possible in my last relationship is like this recognition that, um, I think there were parts of me that I needed to take more ownership for mm-hmm. and not, not in saying like things I need to change about myself. Like there are just certain things about Taryn that are going to annoy every person I'm with. Mm-hmm. That it will always be a source of fight or problems yeah. or confusion because that's just me and that's part of the package I come with. Well, that's great ownership. Yeah. <laughs> right. But it's a lot of that is owning, um, owning the need for me to take care of me. And that means when I have anxieties, when I have self-induced doubts, um, fears, um, insecurities, there's got to be something in me that's greater than those that can mm-hmm. say, Taryn you will be okay and you are worth it. And I can, and, and knowing that I can self soothe and knowing that I can be my own greatest protector takes a tremendous amount of pressure off of my partner Hmm. and, and vice versa. I think if you can find, have two people that, you know, recognize that companionship is a beautiful thing and that we can, there's so much that we can, um, that we can, uh, like hand in hand with someone is certainly easier than going at it alone. And all of life's challenges, I think, are much easier when done with a, with a, with a happy, healthy partnership. Sure. But if we know that we can get through them individually by our, on our own and that we practice like these, whether it's positive self-affirmations or just like really figuring out what we need to have rooted in our own confidence, right. it just, I think a lot of, the partnership problems that I had in previous relationships would have been avoided had I had more confidence in my own ability right. to get through things right. and depending less on my partner to be everything right. and to get me through. And that's also where the devastation comes from, right? It's like when, when the breakup happens, cause you're like, not only does this person know every single one of my fears, my insecurities, all the things that I know I'm lacking, but they're also, they're choosing to leave. Yeah. So, um, and I've depended on this person to be my rock. Hmm. So it's like it's like a double whammy of shit that you have to face. But now I feel I feel like um there are there are a few things I do first before attempting to lean on the other person. That's that's good. And I don't I don't know. I mean I look, I'll I'll report back in six months. Yeah. <laughs> but it's but I think that that's it's created a new interesting dynamic where I feel I guess the more popular term would be codependency. Sure. Although I have some issues with that term because I think like there's just a certain amount of codependency in relationships that's totally normal and healthy. But, yeah. but um, but yeah, I feel maybe maybe I'm less quote unquote codependent in right. that sense. Um, so it's just doing like more uh, a self work of recognizing like I need to be okay with me. Yep. Before I can just def- have allow somebody else to like yep. ship show a mirror to be like, you are okay. Yep. And we, and we hear that all the time, but it's like, what does that actually mean? And I think that means in practice, that Mm -hmm. means taking ownership of our own feelings and reactions to the world when we feel devastated, sad, 
saying I feel devastated and sad, but not, and then and then doing our best to to like coddle our baby, yeah. like coddle coddle our inner child before dumping it on a partner. Right. And then I think it's also just a recognition that we don't own anyone in our lives, and mm-hmm. just like that someone could die in in a, in, a, in an instant. It's like. We don't own, I don't own your emotions. I don't own yeah. how you feel about me. And there's no, just like recognizing that there is no ownership outside of one's own self. Mm-hmm. As sad as that can be, and sometimes it feels like a bit of a cynical thought, I think it's very freeing. It's a very freeing way to look at life. Yeah, well, I think that's also getting back to like the crux of what we were talking about earlier. Like the fact that I'm, you were saying that I'm always going to change and mm-hmm. I'm always going to be evolving. And that's exciting. I'm always going to need projects. I'm always mm-hmm. going to need to like shift the way I perceive things. Yeah. And you're looking at it in a positive way as opposed to being, I'm never going to be happy. I'm always going to need to shift the way I look at things. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's just an optimistic outlook to be like, um, I can't control anybody. And I'm ultimately alone in this. Yeah. But like, oh, that's freeing because yeah. it's not me. There's only so much I can do. Yeah. And the rest is out of my control. Yeah, exactly right. Um, I had, I was reminded of something when you were talking about that, uh, and calling it codependent or whatever it is. When I remember my college girlfriend, who's still like a very good friend of mine, I remember at one point she just said like the problem, I've been looking at this relationship as that we're like on a road trip, but we're in the same car. Mm-hmm. And I think I need to look at it as like. We're on the same trip, the same road, but two different cars. Mm. I was like, huh, what an interesting way of like phrasing that and mm. articulating that. And I think it rings true. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two very different vehicles that we've been given. Yeah. Yep. Two different experiences, but two different... We're yeah. gunning for the same destination. Yep. We're on the same journey. Yep. But we're getting there on our own We might needs. take different paths. Yeah. And there might be some divergent stuff that happens and one person might get stuck in the mud. It's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody might have triple A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Other some, people are a little less fortunate. Yeah, some people want to see the world's largest ball of yarn. <laughs> exactly. Yarn, not yarn. That's, That's so good. I really like that analogy. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I have a question for you. Yes, please. Because I'm trying to like add a little bit more of consistency in general. Um, what would you say would be like some, from your standpoint, helpful advice for anybody who's going through like a similar period of heartbreak in any capacity? Yeah. Um, advice would be, I mean, you already said one of the things, which is accept this period for what it is. Don't try to make it, don't try to turn it into anything or try to distract from it or try to shove it down. Mm -hmm. Like just feel the shitty, feel the shitty, surround yourself with people who let you feel the shitty. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a difference between, yeah. And, and, and then, and then on top of that, just like recognizing that thoughts and behaviors do matter and they will it will alter the course of your life to to do the small things every day so whether that's meditation Mm -hmm. or journaling out your thoughts that's a huge one for me right just being able to get get it out it's just a cathartic just as give voice to it it's a big a big theme of letting go of all things letting go of thoughts letting go of certain behaviors letting go so writing it out meditating talking to friends like being open about your situation that's something that's very helpful for me being able to talk about it. Right. Um, and I think for most people, like you, you can't expect to change something if it's just inert. Right. And stuck. You gotta like dislodge it somehow. So um, just 
just like let it be kind of shitty and and don't judge it and know that it will slowly move and change and um hmm, i'm sure i'll go through another one yeah i know i will there's actually i have no there's no question in my mind i will i think what will happen is i will just become i think i'll get back up quicker Mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking, I feel that way about most of the negative stuff that comes my way, like even the small little things. I'm just quicker at moving through things, cycling through things right. mentally. Yeah. Um, and then the last part is like, I feel, I actually, well, I feel very happy right now, and I yeah. do. I feel very yeah. happy. I, I do feel a sense of. There's also a feel of like devastating melancholy and sadness too to my existence. And I think part of this is just, I feel very human. I feel very all, I feel all of me very much right now. And I have for the last year. That's fantastic. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. But it's also really weird. Like I actually do cry more often now than regularly than I ever did pre prior to the heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think I just, I feel a lot more. Um, and I'm okay with that. I'm like, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be that like whack job aunt. Yeah. (laughs) No, I think that's great though. Because that's like, I mean, isn't that like the point of existing? Yes. Is to feel things? Yes. And we do so many things to numb out how we feel. We distract, we drink, we do drugs, we whatever. I mean, so many things we just, a lot of it's distracting. I think most people just distract or shove down. Yes. But, um, no, I'm totally content being a super warped version of, incredibly happy and excited about life right. mixed with like devastated half the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. That's exactly right. I, I feel like even this week I had a day where I was really beside myself, but I was like, yeah, this is just, <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me, it'll just be like minutes or an hour or uh-huh. half a day yeah. that I'll just be like, ugh, I feel like fucking Eeyore. Yeah. And then, you know, the next minute or the next hour or the next week will be like, you know, sunshine again. Yeah. 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 Um, two questions. Yeah. One, um, you said earlier, like that you have to like the acknowledgement that like in a month or in like a week or in a day, this will be fine. Yeah. Uh, and it's okay to feel shitty for a while. Yeah. Was there ever a point? How did you know? Like, okay, now I need to pull myself up by my bootstraps and not wallow and and not just like, okay, I felt shitty. Was there ever a point in time? Like you said. Yeah, for sure. That you, when you recognize that it was time to move on, how did you know that in, inherently? Um, I don't know if I recognized that it was time to move on. I think, again, it was just like this process every day of trying to do things that would make me feel happier or better about myself. Even just even just committing to, to doing an action that I know is supposed to, quote unquote, be good for me. Right. Even if I felt nothing good as a result of it, like meditation, sometimes it sure. would just made me feel worse. But just the fact that I was committed to certain behaviors right. You're actually increased trying. my confidence in myself. Mm. Like a month in, I'm like, wow. I actually meditated every single day this month. I didn't even want to, but I did it. And I have the cap- I'm capable of changing certain behaviors. In an effort to be yeah. a better person. And so that was really helpful. I think for me, um, be uh, telling myself not to wallow or sit in it was not a helpful thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was actually the opposite. I needed to give myself permission to right. wallow and sit in it while recognizing that I still need to commit to certain behaviors. So it's like, cause I can't, I, I wasn't capable of just getting out of my thought patterns. Yeah. It was like too dark. <laughs> I was too dark. 
So I would just let myself wallow, but then I would do the behaviors that I committed to doing, like journaling, whatever, sure. and then I would notice a discernible shift, hmm. either after a certain period of time or whatever. But I would never, I would never tell myself to not wallow because I just that usually backfired. Yeah. Because I almost dismissed, that almost felt like it was being dismissive to how I felt. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't want to dismiss the child. Yeah, like, yeah. You don't ever tell the little girl, like, don't be sad because, you don't, you know, it's not, your feelings aren't worth it. Yeah. So. And it was just, an, just kind of a uh, ethereal notion of, like, I feel today I can, I can, I feel better. And yeah. I can, I can take that and tackle, I can digest more in my That's life. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. That's right. Um, and my second question. Yeah. Was, uh. The thing that hit me really hard was how to be ready for the next love. How did you, were you aware of that? How did you, were you, was that something you were actively working towards? Did, was you like, okay, I'm not doing a great job asking this question, but uh, how did you. It's probably a three part. (laughs) Yeah. I guess just like, how how did you put yourself in the position to recognize that like, okay, I'm healthy enough to be in in another relationship now. Yeah. I don't think you ever feel that you're healthy enough. I mean. (laughs) Sure. I think at some, I think throughout the whole process, I felt a little bit damaged in getting back out there. And then also, hmm. Just knowing that all that there are things that I've worked on on my own that have made me a better person, but I haven't yet done that in a framework with someone else right. that's got their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like a new, new playpen. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, I do feel like it's one of those things where you have to want to, you have to want to play ball with someone, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest part, right? It's like meeting someone that you feel connected enough to where you're like, I'm willing to get back in the ring. And then once that happens, I guess, yeah, there's totally, I've had, I've had multiple times in this new relationship where I've been like, maybe, uh, maybe I just am not capable of, and then that lasts for that negative thought pattern lasts for however long it lasts through a fight or through a night, whatever. And you realize, no, this is like, this is how it works. It's not supposed to be easy. Um, this is the work. This is the work, yeah. and now I get to come in and roll up my sleeves, and um, and I get to do it with someone else who's interested in rolling up their sleeves, and we just have to just, I, I guess you just, the eternal optimist says it's worth it, but right. who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, I do not. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. But yeah, there is that fear that how, how, how do I make the next one work? But I think it, I think we just have a flawed idea of what, what making a relationship work is. I mean, to, in my view, even having a five-year relationship, that's, that's a successful relationship sure. in my book. Yeah. Right? Like, you you had a partnership for a certain period of time that that changed the, the course of your life, and um, things are only helpful for as long as you need them to be. Right. Things only evolve you and, and change you and, like, make you a better person for as long as they need to be, and then I guess you move on. So maybe, maybe yeah. I just have to change my framework about permanency <laughs> well I think I, I totally agree with that I think even like five years like even like having a relationship that is handled with like in in the simplest terms like with love and respect and kindness that lasts a year mm-hmm. um, but I think what it comes from is like was that successful was the process versus product mm-hmm. like if you're if the product you're seeking is like eternity and children and family then that's not successful but yeah. if you're like looking at it as like oh this like was I had a good time. I learned things about myself. I hopefully helped enrich somebody else's life. Yep. That's successful. 
Yep. But like, you know, I didn't get two kids in a picket fence. But okay, that's maybe next time if that's something that's really right. important and, and to me. Maybe, and maybe the thought process is, thank God I didn't get two yeah, kids exactly. in a picket fence, yeah. right? Yeah. I think there's always a way to turn everything into a positive. Yeah. It really is. That's what I'm gathering from you in general. Yeah. It's like that yeah. you're quite, you, I don't know if that was, do you feel like that was something you were always capable of doing or this last year has really kind of embedded that in you? This last year. Yeah. Yeah. I do think I'm more optimistic than I used to be ever. How before, fantastic is which that? Which is crazy. That you went through something that was kind of really uh, shattering and kind of uprooting, mm-hmm. and you come out slightly less cynical. Yeah, isn't that weird? It's very weird. Isn't that weird how you become you? Well, you know, you you can be hardened by life, or you can be made softer by it, because yeah. it's either going to beat you up and like turn you to stone. That's right. Or make you like a gooey mess. That's like kind of like well. I've been beat up, but here I am. Yeah. And that's great that you, by going through harder things, were able to come out yeah. softer. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Kudos. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Um, gold sticker. Yeah, you class. got all gold stickers. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, lady. Thank you I so really much. This. I appreciate it. This it was, was lovely. Awesome. It's I like very lovely about to have real conversations. It's hard. They don't happen that often, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Um, how little we do happen. Yeah. Uh, a great question that. Um, I asked you this at the beginning of the podcast. I didn't. I wasn't thinking about it, but it's just now it's something I just ask people, um, and it's uh, something I do almost every time I see someone I haven't seen in a while. And I just say, "What are you? What have you been thinking about the past mm-hmm. month?" It just like opens it up to yeah what people are, what's really on people's minds, not like the, the little things. And it's been um, it's been fun just to carry that little question in my pocket. Yeah, I think so because it's more. something. It's not just like a "How are you?" which is yeah. basically such a knee jerk like sometimes how are you can turn into uh good and you it, you're like not even thinking about it's it it's usually how it turns out yeah actually. yeah yeah you can even you're not even like sometimes people's like what's up and you'll say good how are you and like oh that didn't quite track but like it, yeah it's it works because you're not really asking how i am yep um right. yeah just being a little more thoughtful exactly yeah well thanks for coming over hey thank you for having me anytime it, anytime Well, that was fun. That was a delightful episode. Uh, Thanks so much to Taryn for taking some time out of her afternoon to sit and chat with me and, well, just talk about something that's hard to talk about. Uh, Rejection and heartbreak and and all of those things. Um, She's great. Uh, If you want to see more what's going on with Taryn, you can check her out. She's on Twitter. It's at Taryn Southern. That's T-A-R-Y-N Southern. S-O-U-T-H-E-R-N. Uh, yeah, get into it. Check out her YouTube page. Just uh, get on board for everything Taryn, because she's very smart. Um, what else can I say? Uh, us. Here's here's the thing about us. We, uh, you can find us on Twitter. It's at terribly uh, underscore funny. Uh, we also have an Instagram and a Facebook. It's ter- terribly funny podcast. Um, mostly, we'd like some feedback. Drop us a line uh, on, on our Gmail account. It's uh, terribly funny podcast at Gmail. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any any sort of thoughts. Or just to say howdy. We get lonely sometimes. And we're all going through heartbreak. So, you know, reach out. Um, also, you can go to our iTunes page and you can um, uh, give us a review. Uh, uh, give us a rating. We'd love that. that. That helps us out. That makes us feel nice. Please do that. Um, and that's it. Otherwise, then to say thank you to uh, Hayden Fongheiser, uh, Julia Pod, Kingdom Flying Club, and uh, mostly to you guys. Just for... Uh, 
sticking around and being delightful and being so darned handsome and pretty. That's all I got here, gang. Hope you have a great week. Mwah!